Okay, so welcome everybody to today's episode. I am so thrilled to be here with Lisa Crawford, the amazing, talented Lisa Crawford from Crawford Master Stylists. And again, we're talking about my dead dragon and how we woke up and realized like, oh my goodness, no one is coming in to save me. I need to be the hero, heroine of my own life. And so Lisa, really excited to, to have this conversation with you, to hear about your journey, your process, your story. And I'm wondering if you can start us off by giving people kind of a bit of a backstory, like who are you? What's your, like your superhero origin story? How did you get to where you are today? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I'm very honored by this, Catherine. So thank you. Um, I grew up in a town, Peterborough, Ontario, as the youngest of five kids, very competitive household, um, very sports driven. So I think that's where kind of my competitive nature does come from. Um, kind of a sheltered life, didn't really know about what was happening in the world. I think that was my biggest crutch in life was my parents did such a good job of kind of protecting us from the outside but in the end it it really it came with its struggles so um I knew I always wanted to get into the beauty industry I've always had a love for like science stuff like that and uh, I always knew that I wanted to kind of do my own thing I've never really been a follower I've always kind of been someone to do my own thing and that really like I got bullied for that and it was always seen uh, in a negative outlook to friends, colleagues, peers, you know, it was always, oh, well, you know, anybody who kind of stood out from the crowd, we know in society how that works, right? Oh, yes. So it's really difficult. So I think my moment, because I have a very long story, but I think my biggest moment in my life when because keep on, keep in mind, you know, I grew up in a very stable household and I did get spoiled and I, you know, I was young and silly and stupid and kind of thought the world revolved around me. And then it wasn't until, um, it was actually six years, sorry, five years ago on July 1st, my stepdad passed away and that was my moment. He did take his own life. And mm. that was my moment for me where I saw whoa, like there's so much pain and struggling mm -hmm. in this world. And like, what am I doing? Like, how come I'm one of the lucky ones that got this great life? How come mm -hmm. you hear these stories of the hardships of these people today? And you think to yourself, like, what? How did I get so lucky? And mm -hmm. I almost had like the privilege guilt. Like I almost was upset with my parents because I was like, why didn't you educate us more on this? Why? Mm. Like, it, so I had a really hard time kind of finding my groove, but I knew I loved the beauty, beauty industry because of how it made people feel. Mm. It was like a rush. Yeah. It was like, it became this high where people come in and they're kind of meet, meet, me. And then by the time they leave, they're, they're floating. And I think that's such an incredible thing. So I think after having, we did have a client come in um, four years ago who was showing, she showed signs of violence um, physically and that started SADA, Salons mm -hmm. Against Domestic Abuse. And because myself, I have been through a similar situation and I saw myself when I saw that girl and I thought, you know what, we have the power now to help people 
you know, physically, let's help them emotionally. And then that's how it all kind of took off. Mm, I love that, Lisa. And so I'm just, I probably shouldn't do that in front of the mic. I'm just so, um, what I'm noticing is that you're like, yeah, I had a privilege. Yeah, I was bullied. Yeah, like this happened. And yet you're like, and I had a great life. Right. And but I had I a great life. Yeah. And, and I yeah. love that, that with life, there's all that happens, right? We've got, we've got the good, we've got the bad. And within all of that, we get to choose what to focus on. And so for you, it's like, okay, like I'm really focusing on, I'm recognizing I'm not, you know, I'm not dismissing the bad because it's, it's, it's a fact, but I'm really going to focus on this, right. I'm going to use this to build me up and, and become the woman that I am. Oh, thank you. You know what, though? But it comes with its struggles, like, you know, and it's not always easy. I think um, meditation and yoga Mm -hmm. and um, age Mm -hmm. all help tremendously. I look back to like my stepdaughter, 17, and the silly things that they worry about. And I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, oh, right. I was 17 at one time. And it's funny how... I was, I'm also very grateful, Catherine, because I was raised by a mom who was very much, <laughs> she always said to me, she's like, yeah, you know, some people marry these rich men mm-hmm. and want this comfortable life. That's fine. She's like, but you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And she said, you want this life? You bust your ass off for it. And I will never forget sitting at my kitchen table, all of us girls sitting around with my mom who had two jobs as a nurse. And got her nursing degree when I was five years old. I'm the youngest of five kids. Wow. And her saying that to me, just saying, yeah, you want something in life? You get it. You're responsible for that. Not anybody else. So mm. when I went through hardships, it was funny. It was, I think I'm kind of an old soul. I just kind of knew it would pass. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get too beat up about it, if I'm yeah. being totally honest. Um, when I was younger, for sure. But as I got older, no stuff like that doesn't really bug me as much yeah. at all. I just kind of keep my eye on the prize yeah. and keep I, pushing. I love that, that your mom, right? You see your mom who's busting her ass, five, five kids. And she tells mm-hmm. you, if you want it, you need to do it. Mm-hmm. You, so, so it sounds like you got that message from a pretty early age that you need to be the heroine yeah. of your own life. You're Absolutely. the one. She hmm. was like, you know, she believes in fate, but she also believes that we create our own fate. Yeah. Yep. And she's, and like, same with my, but then my dad's totally like, I could have been a garbage man. And he'd be like, oh, good job, Lise. <laughs> right. Like as long as we were happy. That's all that matters. So it was a great balance. And with my stepdad, he was the goofball. So it was kind of like I had every element I would have needed. Mm. And I had a happy home. I had two Mm. happy homes, Mm. you know, and that's so important. And that's, I think, my struggle with life is knowing Mm. how many unhappy homes there are. And that Mm. is my, that's what I need to work on, that I'm an empath. And if I even meet someone and I can tell they're going through a hard time, it like sucks Mm. the life out of me. Mm. Right. So that's my struggle for sure. Yeah. So how do you, how do you protect yourself from that? How do you, because you don't want to like, you don't want to, to shut down your caring heart. No. Right. 
but, but you also want to, you want to be able to function in your life and not take that stuff on. So how do you do that? Um, my big thing, honestly, I help thing that think that helps is I have a, like, you know, Heather Boonstra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My good friend, Heather Boonstra. I always talk to her about it. Mm. I talk to friends about it. And I have an awesome husband mm. who is like Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. I'm feeling too many emotions right now. And he's such a phenomenal balance mm. um, to kind of bring me back down to ground zero. So I'd have to say having just that, um, that outlet of family and friends and yoga. Um, I'm very spiritual finding Mm. my center breathing. That is what has saved me for sure. Yeah. Yeah, That support network is so important, right? And I think we can really feel isolated without it and we can get kind of caught in the spiral of whatever it is that we're navigating. And so having those people who, first of all, we can debrief with and we can kind of vent to and we need to, but they can also help us have that bigger perspective and and maybe kind of pull us out when we're. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think everybody needs that. It just, but I also believe that you need to have, I was built, I was uh, given those tools at a young age. Yeah. Whereas so many aren't. Um, I think that's one of the biggest issues to date is that a lot of our youth are not being taught problem solving. Mm. Um, and, um, it's, it's very upsetting to Mm. me because I've seen it with my own kids where they're like, mom, mom, mom. And you're like, dude, like you got to figure this out here. Right. Yeah. So many are not like if I had a nickel for every time I heard somebody say, about someone in a crisis situation with domestic violence, they're like, well, why don't you just leave? And it's like, that's like telling a drug addict, just stop doing drugs. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not that simple and we need to educate ourselves. We need to be educated. Yeah. Right. So what would that, what would that education look like? Um, well, we actually do cut it out. So Mm. for domestic violence, we actually, have put our blood, sweat, and tears into cut it out. And it's a education seminar for salon professionals. Actually, any profession can use it. Mm. That's in close quarters with their client or guest or customer. And it's all about finding the signs of violence and how to mm. approach it correctly. Okay. And then it's really fantastic because then it comes with so many different other sources of education through Families First mm-hmm. with um, counselors. And now we have um, you can apply for free counseling at mm. um, Families First Society right now. Okay. Through, I believe it's the Heartland. It's through the Heartland. Um, okay. It's, it's uh, fantastic. There is a bit so, of a wait list. Okay. So for our listeners, we'll put that in the show notes for you. Okay. Great. Yeah. 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 No. So it's really, it's really, um, I think everybody needs knowledge. We're never too old to keep educating ourselves. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you become educated with something until it happens in your own backyard. That's mm-hmm. kind of human yep. nature. And yep. I really would like to break that pattern, yeah. break that wheel. So, it, so particularly in the area of domestic violence, I'm hearing. Yes. That's yeah. kind of my niche. That's yeah. kind of my thing where I'm most I'm kind of passionate about anything I do, but that subject really gets me because mm. it's becoming almost normal mm. that there's so many people who have been affected by it and they just kind of carry on with their life. Like it's no big deal. And they just dated some, um, mm. or lived with, 
or, you know, the list goes on and on that it's just kind of like no big deal. And it's like, but it is, it really is a big deal. Do you think it's, is it becoming like normal or is it more that people are speaking about it? Um, I think it's a bit of both. I've been asked this before. I think it's a bit of both. I think it's, it's increasingly common, but we are having more people speak out, which is awesome, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is absolutely fantastic. So the two kind of work side by side, unfortunately, and COVID definitely made things worse. Yeah. The stress globally. Yeah. Globally. Well, and, and people, women primarily not being able to get out of the house and children literally being trapped there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So that's why with domestic violence, I find it so important to try to find ways to make those barriers a little bit mm. easier to maneuver through, you know, so with SADA, we have the funding. So then that mm-hmm. eliminates some of the financial stress, mm-hmm. right? Cause a lot mm-hmm. of them are um, controlled in every aspect of their life. Yeah. So there is no money. There is no way to get out. So SADA really creates um, a way to get out, but then go to the next step. And then the next step after that, which is all through the family, uh, the violence prevention program with Families First. And so, so SADA, so just kind of walk me through the process here. So if, if someone is listening or, you know, down the road, listening to this recording, to the podcast, and they're like, hey, I, I have a friend, or maybe that's me that's experienced that. What, what are the steps that they would take? What are the kind of step-by-step processes that they would go through and what could they expect at every point in that process? Okay. So the first step is, well, you can call the police or Mm -hmm. if you don't feel that you want to call the police because you fear for your safety, you can call Jody Heidinger of the Families First Society in Fort Saskatchewan. She's the violence prevention uh, coordinator. Okay. And, then, and so if, and so if people are listening, they're not in Fort Saskatchewan because we will have listeners kind of all over Canada, the U S so people mm-hmm. who are not in Fort Saskatchewan, then it would be connecting with either the police or a, like, um, a community agency in their location. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Sadly, it's only in Fort Saskatchewan right now, but my dream national, it yeah. will go national and then that will be my job. <laughs> right. And That's so it is. Dream. And so it is. And so, so they would, okay. So they, they could either go to the police, go to in the, in Fort Saskatchewan families first society and talk to Jody. Um, And again, if it's, you know, if it's years down the road, someone's listening to this recording families first, if Jody's there or not there. And then once they connect with families first, then what, then what happens? So then they have to fill out, it's almost like an application Mm -hmm. and what they need the funding for. And they kind of go through a whole, um, almost like you're filling out a loan application, Catherine. Mm -hmm. And so, because they want to make sure that it's going to the people who need it. Right. Yeah. yeah, And then once that gets approved, then then they can um, help them with their funding. But then after that, they also meet with other colleagues through families first who Mm. help them with, um, you know, do they have an exit plan? Mm. Are the children safe? Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many different layers to this. And the Mm -hmm. coolest thing about families first is they kind of have somebody for everything, which is a blessing, right? So after you receive funding, then they do a lot of follow-up and Mm. make sure you're safe. Do you have a safety plan? Mm -hmm. Safety plan is huge. And -hmm. then I know a lot of um, victim services within Fort Saskatchewan helps out a lot with that also. 
mm. with safety planning? Do you have an exit strategy? Um, do you have, and like, just making sure that you have somebody to talk to, that you yeah. have somewhere safe to go. Yeah. So that's, those are kind of the key components that I can disclose. Yeah. yeah. And so then, and most, um, most RCMP or police stations would have a victim services component. They do. So yes. again, if someone's listening and they're not in Fort Saskatchewan, their police station, lots of larger organizations or sorry, um, cities or communities have uh, like sexual assault centers, transition houses, those types of resources where people can at the very least get more information about what's available to them. Yes. Yeah. And it's great because victim services works with so many nonprofits mm-hmm. um, that they really do. They're really, it's really cool how it's just such a wheel mm-hmm. of how small businesses, nonprofits, corporate chains, how they all really make up this cycle of mm-hmm. it, like it really does take a village. It right? really does. Yeah. And yeah. Truly coming together. Right. And, and recognizing that it is you know, it's not as simple as just get a job and get out and get a house because truly, you know, someone's esteem, their, their very sense of self has been eroded to such a point where they may not believe that they're worthy of that, that they're capable of that, that they deserve it, that they can do it. So there's a, there's a lot more that, that needs to happen to, to support people to, to actually create, um, a more empowered lives for themselves and their families. Yep. Absolutely. And the biggest thing too is, um, psychology, Mm -hmm. you know, counseling because, um, with domestic violence, even with young children, um, abuse changes the the shape of their brain. I don't know if you knew this. I did. Yeah. So they are stuck in a fight or flight mode pretty much their whole life, which is so unfortunate. And that usually is the case with victims of violence of all sorts. Mm -hmm. So, um, so psychology and counseling is definitely Mm -hmm. crucial. Yeah. And you, you probably don't know this about me, but I actually worked in the field of sexual violence for like nine or 10 years. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is, um, yeah, this is also a topic that is near and dear to my heart and Mm -hmm. yeah. And certainly supporting people to, um, to, to get support, to get help, to realize that they are worthy. They are deserving. They are, they're not flawed. There's nothing wrong with them. Right. No, they, they really can. They really can live a better life. And they're deserving of that. Yep. Absolutely. I say it all the time. Like you're worth it. You're worth a beautiful life. We all are, you know, usually if we see that person, that's kind of crusty. We all have those encounters where you're like, (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard because sometimes you just like, you see somebody treat somebody just so horribly. And then you think to yourself, I'm going to straighten that person out. You know, like Mm. you get so worked up, but then you're just like, something could have just happened to them. Yeah. And we don't know. And I find it really hard to have that viewpoint when you're in the moment. Yeah. When you're in the moment for sure. Right. Especially when you're a fighter and you are that passionate advocate, right. For, for yourself, for other women. And so you're like, yeah, like that mama bear comes out and you know, I'm, I'm, um, reminded of a story. One of my teachers and mentors shared about, uh, she was at a grocery store and the cashier, was like really rude to the person in front of her and like really rude to her and they overcharged her by like $3. So she was very respect, respectfully said like, Oh, I'm sorry. I think you mischarged me there. Can you fix the price? And so the cashier was like very, very rude, very gruff, did it and very snarky. 
And then as the, as my teacher was leaving, she was actually had someone help her carry out her groceries. She's like, wow, that was like the rudest cashier I've ever encountered. And the person helping her said, I know she's had such a horrible day. Her son, she's a single mom. Her son got hit yesterday, riding his bike. He's in the hospital and she has to be at work because she can't afford to not, to not be working. And she said that when she heard that, it just shifted her perspective. Yes. Right. That we truly don't know what's going on for someone else. And we don't. if we actually knew the full story, we would go to a place of compassion. Yep. We would, we would for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah. So knowing that, Oh, every single one of us are guilty of this. Yeah. hundred percent. We're humans, right? It's part of our, it's part of our life journey. It's part of our life journey. It is for sure. But yeah, no, it's just one of those things like, this all just kind of happened so fast. I have to be honest with just, Mm. I I plan to take one path in life and I feel like (laughs) the universe just kind of steers me in a different direction and it always seems to be the right call. Um, But yeah, no, this um, we've had interviews with the provincial government, kind of like an advocacy Mm. to get cut it out, put into the curriculum of um, our cosmetology school oh awesome yeah so that's in the works and I've been contacted from a lot of other provinces to kind of bring Mm -hmm. it there but it's really not that simple it'd have to become like a registered corporate fund so that all takes time but yeah but at least the ball's rolling yeah and And because it's not just about great hair it's about being safe Mm -hmm. right yeah and, and feeling, um, feeling alive, feeling aliveness yeah. in your life, right. In your physical form, in your mental, emotional, spiritual form, truly feeling alive yeah. to express who it is that you came here to be. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. sister. Yeah. Yep. Very important. So, so you are, you know, very successful businesswoman. You have just rebranded your business. Can you tell mm-hmm. me, kind of tell me about that? Okay. The hot question that everybody likes to ask about. Okay, started simply saying hair and makeup. It just didn't sit well with me anymore. And because a lot of men didn't want to get their hair done at simply studying. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's a very good point. And I should have thought this through because I didn't have a huge men's clientele when I first started. Mm-hmm. but a lot of my staff do mm-hmm. and the wall was purple and I'm like oh I should maybe kind of rethink this so um it kind of just hit me one day I was just sitting there and I was like nope we got to change this and my husband's like this is pretty risky move you're already so established and I'm like no it will be fine because we are established mm-hmm. we'll post it on Facebook and Instagram just saying hey nope name change. Here's why it flows much better. And I wanted to really highlight what it is that we do. Mm -hmm. Why is it that, you know, we're kind of a cut above the rest and Mm -hmm. it's because we have our masters. You don't just become a master colorist. You Mm -hmm. have to earn it. It's an additional 10 months of training and $17,000. Wow. Yes. So uh, our industry, unfortunately, is quite unregulated. Hmm. So which is unfortunate, which is another thing. But 
I wanted to really showcase what it is that we were about. And it's, Mm. we are truly masters at our craft and we, all we do is do education. Mm. So that's why I went with the name. And then Mm -hmm. the girls always joke around saying, "Uh Oh, mama Crawford, mama Crawford's (laughs) coming. And then they say, I have the two time a year look and it's the, the death stare of like, what did you just say? <laughs> Janelle calls it the two time a year look. Oh, um, that's too funny. But all in all, uh, it was a good move. We rebranded, we got the different logo. It just fits beautifully. We've had nothing yeah. but people say like, mm. this is awesome. So I love that. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks so much. And and truly, right? Like we are on this life journey. Like my belief is that we're spiritual beings having a human journey and that it's life itself that is expressing through us. And so we are actually meant to evolve and expand as we go throughout our life. And so as we, as we expand, our vision expands, our dream expands, what we would love. Right. And it doesn't mean that we're not grateful for what we have and we're not appreciative and grateful for the success that we've had. And it's like, okay. And we're ready to grow. We're ready to, to shift and to grow. And I heard you yes. share that when your vision has truly shifted into creating cut it out and SADA as a, as a national program. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? My dad said, Lisa, with the way you were as a kid, if somebody had told me you'd turn out like this, I'd tell him I'd be a damn astronaut. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, thanks, dad. But it's funny Uh, how one life experience. Yeah. Losing my stepdad was that moment for me. Hmm. That was that moment for me where I was like, whoa, this is so bad. And this is people are hurting. So it was that wake and because you talked about that, that you had a pretty protected childhood, great life. And, and that that was that moment where you're like, oh, life is not as not everybody has had this same great life that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it blew me away. It blew me away. And then I had such weird stuff happen afterwards, too. Mm. Like I had an auntie and a grandmother that passed away and I, it was, it's different how that's so much more peaceful, mm, right? And yeah. you miss them and you love them and you get to say goodbye. But with, when someone takes their own life, it leaves you with a much different feeling and leaves mm. you with this feeling of like, whoa, you, you start to blame yourself because mm-hmm. I was, I was a terrible teenager with him. So I'm like, Aww. oh no, right? Like you get yeah. all those yeah. emotions, but spoke to a therapist for years about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy I did because mm-hmm. I can speak about this now. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's something that it, it was really difficult to go through, but that was for sure my moment where I saw there's a lot of pain in this world and yeah. even just a nice conversation or even just going up to someone, Hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. They'll never forget that feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's having a rough day and you just go up and say, Hey, how's it going? How's your day today? And trust me, that is not every day for me. Some days I'm yeah. like, get in the vehicle. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's be real. But you can tell those people who are struggling, yeah. like to a degree, I can feel it anyways. Maybe it's because yeah. I'm an empath where I'm just being kind can change mm. their whole day. Yeah. It's such a simple thing, right? 
such a simple thing. And I think it's so important to know too, that we all struggle at times. We all struggle at times. And, you know, I think there's, there's so much out there on social media and on highlight reels and everybody's posting their best day ever. They're, you know, the perfect hair, the perfect vacation. You're, you're seeing the highlight reel. You're not seeing what happened leading up to that moment. People aren't posting their breakdowns. Most people aren't posting. What did Alanis Morissette call that? A transparent dangling carrot. Oh, I, yeah. She calls it like how it's always that thing that you're, that you, you want to obtain, but then when you get it, you're never satisfied with it and you have to keep going and going. And it's like, you have to learn gratitude. Yeah. Right. If I died tomorrow, I'd be a happy camper. You know, yes, I have goals, but it keeps me busy. (laughs) And and truly when you're looking to something outside of yourself to give you a sense of identity and happiness, it's never going to happen. Never. Right. So, so absolutely goals are important. Having a vision is important. Moving in a direction is important, but it's having that alignment with your true calling and purpose in life, right? So that it is fully integrated and that you're actually enjoying and loving and living your life while you live it. You're not waiting for that thing outside of you to shift or change. Right. Yeah. And then when you get it, you're like, oh, well that was, huh. I kind of bought it. Yeah, yeah. I bought a line there. I thought I was going to have my happily ever after and huh, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. How many times have you experienced that in your life? Right. I have. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, more than I'd like to admit. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was really, truly my inspiration for the podcast is what do you do with a dead dragon? And it's this idea that you're waiting for either this prince or princess charming. And really that's just a metaphor, right? The job, the house, the career, the, you know, the perfect body, the, whatever it is, you're waiting for this thing to come to your life. And when you get it, you're going to have that happily ever after. No. And you've either been waiting so long that the dragon guarding you has died. So like, literally, what do you do with a dead dragon? Like, oh crap, I've been waiting for this thing outside of me to give me my happiness. It, it's never going to show up or you get that thing and it's empty. It's empty well because it's not you are right. very it's, smart, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I could talk you. to you for hours. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and really truly, how do we, how do we recognize, right? So first of all, I think know that most people have had some of that going on in their life. Most people. Yes. Because I think so often when we realize that we can feel shameful, we can be embarrassed. We can be like, oh my God, like, what was I thinking? Right. We can beat ourselves up and it just continues that kind of pattern of being down on ourselves, but to realize that it's part of the human journey, it's part of that struggle. So how do you become the hero of your own journey? How do you tune into what is truly important to you in life? I find my kids are a great lesson. Mm-hmm. I thought I find I learn a lot from my children, mm-hmm. just like how they repeat. Yeah. Uh, little mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. You want a life lesson? Get a couple of kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the good Lord is making me pay my penance though. Yeah. With my children. Like, let's be serious. Like, you know what? Catherine, that's such a tough, that's such a tough answer because ah, it's just so complicated. Like, I feel like 
the only way I kind of found who I truly was, honestly, was eliminating certain people out of my life. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. People who I started to see kind of just wanted to ride coattails because mm-hmm. I'm successful. Mm-hmm. Then it, it wasn't genuine. Mm-hmm. That was a big lesson to learn. And I find that when you kind of start to um, trim the fat mm-hmm. and kind of get, <laughs> get to the center, it's amazing how little things that used to bug you don't anymore. Like everybody wants yeah. the big house, the, the big, the vehicle. And it's like, yo, the stuff you own ends up owning you. Mm-hmm. So we best come to realize that you better be happy with this human right here mm-hmm. because your little children are looking up at you and waiting. Mm-hmm. They're just starving to know the answer. Yeah. And we need to be able to give it to them. So, so, so what is the answer? What is the answer? Mm, I honestly, I find journaling is my mm. answer and going for long walks and doing a lot of reflection mm. and that's all I've got so far. <laughs> you know, like, I, I love that. And I really, you know, one of the, one of my questions is how did you, how did you kind of start the process of becoming the hero of your own life? And I, you know, I think truly it's about getting to know yourself. Yes. Through the journaling, the walks, the meditation, like actually being still with yourself and getting to know, like, who is Lisa? Well, my mom once said to me, if you don't love yourself, you can't expect anybody else to love you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, that's a really accurate point because I think most people don't love themselves. And I think it's Mm -hmm. so sad because look at the generation we're in. And it sucks because I'm in the beauty industry. I see it firsthand. And sometimes you just want to hug people and be like, you Mm -hmm. are so beautiful. You don't Mm -hmm. need all this. But then from a business perspective, like (laughs) so it's so difficult. But that's why we try to encourage it with people like, yeah if this is what makes you happy, makes you feel comfortable. Absolutely. Let's Mm -hmm. do it. However, you don't need this. Yeah. It doesn't define your worth, right? It It doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But we are in a society where that's kind of the way it is right now. So I just Mm -hmm. like to, and it's so easy to get trapped into it. Mm -hmm. So easy to get sucked in. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I find journaling, going for walks, having that one-on-one time where I turn my phone off, mm-hmm. you know, like fully shut it down, have those nice evenings out on the deck with my husband, yeah. talk about whatever. So important. And I find that helps you kind of come back to who you are. Like, who am I as a person? What do I love? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cause it can be so easy to get pulled off center by all of the, you know, that I need to look this way and have this house and all of this stuff. But, but when you come back to, to truly who you are and the question that I work with people with is what would you love? Right. And, and I've had people describe that as like a mic drop in their brain. Like, what do you mean? What would I love? Like, what does that even mean? Really? Yeah. What would I love? Like, what would, what would you love for your life? Truly, truly. What would you love for your life? You know, when it gets, yeah, yeah. And it gets to the essence. It gets to the core. It gets to, yeah. to what's really, really important to you. Yeah. And that's all mm. I had. Somebody asked me that, like, what is the only thing you'd ever want in your life? And I'm like, happiness, yeah. total bliss, happiness, health, 
mm. healthy kids, mm-hmm. happy children. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that to me, happiness is the only thing that really matters. Yeah. Napoleon you know? Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, of course, he um, he interviewed like 500 of the wealthiest, most successful people of his time mm-hmm. and identified, I think it was like 17 attributes of wealth and the number one wealth that, and these people had crap tons of money. The number one wealth that they identified was peace of mind. The number two was health. So actual money didn't make the first two. So people who had the money identified that peace of mind, right? So that happiness and that health. Isn't it? Yep. Right. And didn't Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey said, I wish everybody could be rich and famous because mm. they'll see it's not the answer. Because mm-hmm. who you are goes with it you, is. right? It is. So yeah. if you are, if you're not happy truly with who you are, where you are now, the, if the conditions outside of you change, that's not going to shift that. It's yeah. true. Yeah. It's very so, true. So what is your next level journey and what are your, you know, what are your kind of next level pieces in terms of, of continuing to become the heroine of your own life? I love teaching. Mm. I love teaching these adorable little humans and seeing their mind blown. And they're like, Oh my God, I never thought of that. And I'm like, right. <laughs> I love it. I love mm. empowering a younger generation of like, we can do this. It's hard. Um, help them make money, help them. We do vision boards with our staff, mm. love make it. Me a vision board. even if it doesn't include work, you want to have kids. You want to have your own salon. Like we are cool with that. We want to help you chase your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to have more locations. So we mm-hmm. just opened up the second one in Shore Park. Um, my goal is seven. Awesome. And yeah. I would like something else, but I'm not allowed to say yet, but okay. something else big okay. is coming. I just can't say yet. Um, but yes. So I would love to have it kind of go across Canada. But then, um, the other thing is, is I would love to have a shelter Mm. for victims of violence for men and women. And, but then also have free psychology within the establishment. Mm -hmm. So that's my big, my big, big goal. If I don't achieve it, I tried, but I also don't make myself sick about it either. That's another Mm -hmm. thing I've learned with goals is I'm so incredibly competitive Mm. that sometimes I'm like, whoa, you don't need to win everything. You Mm -hmm. don't need. And that was a big life lesson too, Mm. that you can't win at all. Maybe step back and just enjoy the experience. Don't be so Mm. competitive. Um, In the business world, definitely competitive. But, but I think most, I think a lot of business owners are Mm -hmm. quite a few are, but I, I find too, that I'm very content. I'm content. Mm -hmm. I have a rock solid team. We have Mm -hmm. a great following. We do well. And we'll just kind of see where the next road takes us. Yeah. And aligning and trusting with the universe, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So any, uh, before we kind of finish up here, any bits of advice that you would give your younger self 
or someone listening to this who really truly wants to step into their own power and creating their life? Yes. If you're going through something that's traumatic or awful right now, it gets better and it's mm. teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is the big piece of advice I'd give my younger self or to anyone listening. You need to trust in yourself. Yeah. And don't give up. Don't give up. Drink water. Say your prayers. Go for a walk. All the water. Yeah. <laughs> Drink your water. Say your prayers. Yeah. Go for a walk. And it's amazing. And if you're not religious, that is fine. Mm-hmm. Even just have a little, do a little journaling or something mm. because it always gets better. It yeah. always does. Yeah. Every, every adversity, every challenge has the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit for us. It does. There's, there's always something there for us. Always. If we're open to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. But okay. Oh, and so, see. so where can people find you? So on social, you're on Instagram, Facebook, website, is there anything yeah, you'd so- want to want to kind of direct people to? Sure. You can check out our Instagram and it's at Crawford.m as in master.s as in stylus. And then um, our company website is www.crawfordmasterstylist.ca. Awesome. Facebook is Crawford Master Stylists. Okay. And we'll I'll link all those in the show notes oh, as well. You. Yeah. So people can go on there and find you. Um, so yeah, thank you so, so much. And for those of you listening, like subscribe, all the podcast things that you do, um, that would be great. And I'll look forward to connecting with you again. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Catherine. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye for now. Bye.